Hey everybody, welcome back to Investing with Wesley. In my upcoming schedule of videos, I want to explain to you exactly how the market works and how we can see certain bubbles in certain sectors coming along before everyone else does. But in order to effectively explain to you how those things work in my future videos, I have to explain to you how certain other aspects of the market work right now. So that's what this video is all about. This video is gonna be about the primary market, the secondary market, and what are market makers. Let's get into it. So first off, what is the primary market? Well, the primary market is where stocks and bonds are created and sold to investors. Securities on the primary market don't just stop at stocks and bonds. They could also be bills or notes. They could be real estate. Even tangible commodities like gold, silver, and crude oil can be invested in on the primary market. Now, when it comes to investing on the primary market, the primary market sells their securities one of four ways. The first one is probably the one most of you are already familiar with, and this is the IPO, the initial public offering. And this is what happens when a private company makes their shares available to the public for the very first time. Now, IPOs are nothing special and nothing new, but typically a company that does issue their very first public offering does so so they could clear up some of their debt on their balance sheet or raise a lot of capital so that they can expand and grow. The IPO is a way that investors can directly benefit the company itself that they're investing in. Now, the second way a security is purchased or invested on the primary market is through something called rights issued. And basically when a company does this, they're guaranteeing that a certain group of people can buy more of their stocks at a particular price. This is different from an IPO in that the general public cannot access this. Only the specified group of people that they designate can buy it at only at the price that they set. So a company could offer a rights issue to their already current investors, or they can do it to their employees, giving them the opportunity to buy a piece of the company they work for as a stock. Now, the third way is something called private placement. And this is very similar to the rights issued, except in the rights issued, it's only accessible to employees or current investors only. In the private placement, these are for investors that are high net worth, and or hedge funds. More often than not, this is what happens when a high net worth individual buys into a business and either gains controlling ownership or just a large percent of ownership. This is a route that a lot of athletes and celebrities go with when they're investing in these companies. Now the fourth and final way that securities are bought over the primary market is through preferential allotment. Now this is similar to options two and three where it creates stocks that can be traded, but unfortunately it doesn't give access to the general public of investors. Preferential allotment is when a company allows certain groups of investors to invest in their particular company. Now, unlike options two and three, where the investor can sell on the secondary market and collect their profit, preferential allotment gives the company full control on how those particular shares are traded and the transfer between investors. Now, remember, nowhere in those four options did I bring up the stock exchanges. And that's because those exchanges are the secondary market. The primary market directly benefits the company itself, whereas the secondary market does not benefit the company whatsoever. It only benefits each investor that's either buying or selling those particular stocks. Now, with that being said, the secondary market is one that everyone is even more familiar with than the primary market. The secondary market is the exchanges, over-the-counter trading over these certain exchanges like the New York Stock Exchange or NASDAQ. Whenever you download a robo-advisor like Robinhood, M1 Finance, or Webull, these are linked to a particular exchange, and only stocks available on these exchanges can be bought and sold using these particular robo-advisor apps. 
So when you buy 100 shares of Tesla or Amazon or Google or whatever stock or company you want to invest in, whenever you buy those shares on Robinhood or any of these robo-advisors that are linked to the New York Stock Exchange, you're not actually benefiting the company itself. The company does not receive that money. Who you're benefiting is whoever the investor was that sold you those stocks. So let's say Warren Buffett buys a bunch of shares or a bunch of equity in a brand new company that he's helping to grow. He does this on the primary market through private placement. But once that company is up off the ground and self-sustaining, Warren Buffett can decide to sell his equity stake in that company. Once he sells that equity stake in the company, because those stocks were created, typically the company itself will buy back those stocks. But if they have already gone through their IPO phase, then those stocks that Warren Buffett sells will be available to other investors to buy on the secondary market. That's why only the IPO and the other three primary market purchases directly give the company money and the secondary market doesn't because I'm buying shares directly from you who are selling them and vice versa. Now this is where the New York Stock Exchange and other exchanges run into issues. There are so many people publicly trading various stocks, bonds, ETFs, and so on that there is just too much paperwork and too much trading going on that can happen at a fraction of a second for the exchange themselves to keep up on. This is where something called a market maker comes into place. Now a market maker is a person or a company that buys and sells in each of the market. They'll either buy or sell in the primary market and buy or sell in the secondary market. And they do this almost at the exact same time in order to collect a profit on the spread. So what do I mean by that? Well, because there are price discrepancies between the primary and secondary markets, the market maker's job is to try and get these prices to be as close together as possible. If a market maker notices that the primary market's price is going down while the secondary market's price is going up, then what they'll do is sell the portion of equity that they'll have in the secondary market to drive that price down, while in turn, they'll use that equity and immediately buy in the primary market thus driving that price up. That way they reach a borderline price more closely related to each other. Now, because of these price differences and the fluctuation in each side of this market, the market makers make their profit on the spread of buying and selling, whether it's from primary to secondary or secondary to primary. Now, the whole purpose behind a market maker is to increase liquidity in whatever stock or company that people are investing in, as well as to keep the price between the primary and secondary roughly about the same. And as confusing as a job as it sounds like market makers have, they provide a great service to you, the investor, because when a group of investors on the secondary market all decide to sell one particular stock or ETF, the market makers are there to buy and then they'll sell on the primary market and vice versa. When a bunch of people want to buy a particular company, the market makers are there eagerly willing to sell it to them. If the market makers weren't there, you would have all of the retail investors trying to buy individual stocks from all the big name hedge funds and big name investors like Warren Buffett. It's the market makers themselves that make investing possible for the little guys. And like I said, increase liquidity in those stocks. Now I want you to know that a market maker can be used on any asset. It doesn't need to be a stock or a bond. Like I said, it could also be commodities or real estate. So to help you understand easier what a market maker does, I'm gonna use the example of real estate, specifically on agriculture. Now, agriculture as a whole has its own market separated from everything else. 
you can be the direct investor that buys that piece of land or buys an equity stake in the farmer himself and collects some of the profits when he sells his crops. That would be the primary investing. That would be the primary market for agriculture. The secondary market for this example would be to buy shares of a company that invests in agricultural land. Now the shares that you invested in on the secondary market are able to be bought and sold and traded at a fraction of a second. But the real land itself, the actual agriculture that this farmer is farming and maintaining, that land cannot be bought and sold as quickly. This is where the market maker comes in. Even though your shares can be bought and sold at a fraction of a second, the real land and the value in that land cannot be. It takes a while for real estate to sell. So when the market maker sees that the price of the land is going down, but the stock price of the company is going up, they'll sell whatever equity holdings they have of that company to bring that share price back down. Meanwhile, they'll use the money they got from selling that equity to buy more agricultural land itself. In a sense, the market makers hold all the risk of holding these assets long-term that take a while to actually sell. Now, this is for agriculture, but it's the same for actual companies. Market makers also work on the primary market with all those big name investors like Warren Buffett. And it could take a while for this small pool of people to decide to buy or sell certain companies. So the market maker has most of the risk in making sure that those deals on the primary market go through to maintain the liquidity status on the secondary market. Now, although it's probably not important to you, the retail investor, on who these market makers are or what company is doing all the market making, it is important to know who the market makers are and who they have relationships with so that you can know if any sort of colluding is happening. That's what brought everyone in an uproar when Robinhood decided not to allow any sort of trading on GameStop and AMC when that entire drama of events started to unfold. Citadel is a very large, well-known market maker, and they do have a numerous of subsidiary companies. One of these subsidiary companies happens to own the controlling stake of Robinhood. So this is where a lot of people got upset because Citadel had holdings in an investment bank that was shorting GameStop and all these retail investors were pumping and inflating the price of GameStop. It's not proven, but it is believed that Citadel told Robinhood to halt all trading so that they can collect some of their profits and stop losing so much money. This is a big reason that a bunch of people left Robinhood and switched to a different robo-advisor because they don't want to be hindered in their right to invest how they want, when they want, with what they want. I hope you got value from this video and I hope I helped you understand what the primary market, the secondary market was, and what the market makers are. Because these are going to be important topics for you to understand when I explain to you in my next video all about how to catch bubbles before they happen. And why we think the next bubble will be the ETF bubble. If you got value in this video, please remember to like and subscribe because it really helps the YouTube algorithm get this channel out there so I can help grow and educate more people on the important topic of finance. I have a dedicated Instagram and Facebook account, so if you ever have a question, comment, or want something addressed, feel free to reach out to me there. I don't post too often, but I'm on there pretty much every day, so it's a lot more likely that I'll see your comments or questions there as opposed to here on YouTube. Either way, though, the choice is yours, and I'll see you in the next episode.